Hello and welcome to the Developing Dads podcast. I'm your host Gordon and alongside my brother Neil, we're going to explore life as two young dads trying to figure this whole parenting thing out. Join us every Monday, we will aim to share our thoughts on how we raise our families, invest our time and explore anything and everything that interests us. We made it, are we in? I think we're in. All right, you don't have to hold it at an angle, Neil. There we go. As you can hear, I, I, I think Neil was going to introduce this, but as, uh, as as you're probably unaware, unless you're watching, obviously on the, on the YouTube's, we're currently doing a, a walking podcast. <laughs> how, how do you feel it's going so far, Neil? I think it's okay. There might be a bit of background noise with um, cars going past, but yeah, but yeah, I've got something a, different. I've got my audio recorder hooked up to my belt. And uh, we're both sort of using a 360 camera. Neil's just <laughs> shoving it around like a tourist. But yes, we are uh, we are on episode episode number 35 of the Developing Dads podcast. It's again, I shouldn't really be amazed at the fact that we've made it to 35 episodes, but we're getting there. We're almost like approaching a whole year of podcasts. Neil, one a week, bro. Yeah, I know. I know. That, feel, that feels pretty good. We've only got 17 more weeks to hit that whole uh, whole year thing. But yes, today's episode is going to be about first year as a dad, basically off the back of the fact that Neil is down in London. He's down here for my daughter's first birthday. He's down with his daughter, Isla. So we uh, we thought that might be an off-the-cuff type of podcast that we could uh, we could cover. And then I thought, well, why why don't we go for a walk? Give it a try. See what it comes out like. Because you t- I tend to find, I don't know about you, but during the pandemic, I found I'd go for a walk with like friends. Yeah, did you did you do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, and have a bit more in depth conversations and get your hour hour exercise a day. And I, but I yeah, and I find the conversations much better. Did you? How did you find them? Yeah, so like um, through lockdown, I joined a or cre- actually created a walking group where we um, climbed some Monroe's and stuff. And out there, there's no phone signal. You're kind of just in your thoughts with with people you don't really know. And yeah, you get so much more to talk about. So, so five it, six hours of just walking. So when you say you went for a walk with people you didn't know. Yeah. So you, you literally did, had no idea who they were, and you just started talking about stuff. Yeah, exactly. And like all different backgrounds, like some were ex-drug addicts, some were ex-kind of people in jail. And um, yeah, just like some crazy stories. And I did not know about this. <laughs> so you, you were just going on rogue walks with uh, yeah, ex-druggies so, and ex-criminals. Uh, so it was a, it was a guy, um, I kind of found it with, a chap called Aaron. He's pastor of the church. Um, a fellow, fellow dad with five kids and um, he kind of had the idea of setting up a, a walking group and with, with his kind of role as pastor of the church he's obviously got a lot of contacts a lot of people he wants to try and get on the on the right path of life so we took out people that yeah, had just different backgrounds but some were successful oil people others were the other extreme of heroin addicts and um, wow. climbing mountains with him so yeah it was a really really cool thing we just did about 10 Monroe's with a group throughout throughout COVID, oh, I've got I've got I've got sandals on. I've made a terrible error. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So in, in COVID, you did that, and how long did that last for? Oh, yeah, probably about eighteen months. Just yeah, through COVID, we kind of felt like it died down a little bit when the life people's lives came back to normal, and they had other stuff to do and stuff like that. But yeah, it was good. Yeah, fair. Well, I I really enjoyed it when uh, when I had like friends, and I didn't see them, but we needed to do the exercise thing, so we couldn't hang out inside. And I found going for a walk and having a conversation was so much better than like sat in a pub drinking and having a conversation. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know, you've got your distraction of the phone, the TV screen maybe in the pub, 
Yeah, it's, it's good. It was. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I did suggest that we go for a walk and try not to get run over by cars because we have to, <laughs> have to walk in the road at the moment. But we, we, I thought, look, why don't we do a podcast where we actually go for a walk and have a conversation? It just might be a little bit different. And here we are. Yeah, so without further ado, let's kick off. How's your week been? What's some highlights, some lowlights? How's my week been? So it is, yeah, it's a, it's a Sunday today? It's a Sunday. It is, yeah. It is a Sunday. Well, the absolute highlight, obviously, was uh, Olivia's first birthday. She isn't one yet. She's one next week. But we had 30 people around and various, various friends groups as well, which I find kind of interesting. Because you're trying to, you know them, but they don't know you. <laughs> so you're trying to like, hey, this is Paul meet Harry. Harry meet Paul, you know, trying to get them to have a nice conversation, which, which is good, you know, because you tend to hang around with people that are similar to yourself. So it's not like you're going to have like people way off the Richter scale yeah, in terms yeah. of the type of people that you're going to be having at the party. But it was really like wholesome, super wholesome, because it's just, there's not many times now, certainly as, as I felt like I've got older, that people come together and come together to talk about things and just celebrate something and whatever else. You know, it's, it's a number of times a year, maybe. So that felt very good. That was definitely a massive highlight. Um... Apart from that, I've kind of just been, I've done a little bit of work, I've been editing a wedding, so that's kind of an interesting task, because part of the editing thing is like editing speeches, and like a ceremony, which, eh, it's it's alright, but it's very basic editing, like it's just like, match the clips and put it together, and try try and cut out when uncle gets in the way because he's taking his picture and he's ruined your video, (laughs) you know, so that's been good, well, it's been alright. I attempted to go to the gym. I think I went once. So I found a gym to go to, which is nice. But trying to get the time or the, the motivation to go and do it. So my, my fitness endeavors are still somewhat struggling. Not amazing, but could be better. And then you arrived. Very surprised. surprise. Surprise, Surprisingly, yes. Neil, um, Neil basically just turned up out of the blue. Laura was like, hey, can you go pick up Jack, who's Laura's brother? Can you go and pick him up? And, you know getting from the train station I was like yeah sure okay I'll do that I rock up and there's Neil and Isla just getting off the train <laughs> yeah um, so we got the train down from Edinburgh yeah because because like I don't know I um, it, there was like a bit of a kerfuffle trying to get Neil to come down to London for various like flight issues and changes and then our house is still getting built so we couldn't have any space to stay and it was all just a bit of a mess but I think I said to Neil I said look you know, because we had this discussion with Laura, and I don't know if you've, if I've ever had this discussion, or you will have this discussion with Rebecca. But it was like a brand new house, and nobody lived in it yet. <laughs> and we were like, do we want two four-year-olds and a seven-year-old running around this lovely house of ours that we've uh, that we've um, just had done and never actually lived in? But then I said it trumped it because I wanted my, you know, I'd much prefer my brother and uh, my niece to come to my my daughter's first birthday. But then it was too late, and then flights and whatever else. So it was a wonderful surprise to have you and Isla sort of arrive and to get to enjoy the. Yeah, it was a great day. Enjoy Good the day. day. Yeah, great fun, and that feels very. That's that's the that's our next stage of life. I feel like is this whole like families and whatever else. Are you struggling to hold this up, Neil? Yeah, no, I'm alright. Sore hand. Oh, here you go. <laughs> like I said before, if you if you are watching, we've got YouTube YouTube with a 360 <clears throat> camera right now filming both of us going through a very nice estate. This is a very nice estate, actually. This is, you'd be, how much do you think these houses are worth, Neil? Oh. Have, a, have a punt. One, 1. 1.5. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Million. Oh, a million, yeah. <laughs> Definitely a million pounds. Um, 
Yeah, it's very quiet. It's very private. It's very nice. Big gates. I mean, there's a house here called Oakcroft. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Double gated. Look, yeah. you basically got a roundabout in your house. Yeah. Is that dreams? Is that what you'd like to have? Maybe. 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 What is your dream house? Uh, I think it's always been two. So one in like a, a a town or city with close to amenities, and then the one in the middle of nowhere, like Isle of Skye or Highlands or something like that. Is it, is it a particular size? Uh, yeah, bigish. I guess enough enough for the kids and the grandkids. Okay, does it have a nice garden? <clears throat> yeah, big garden. Maybe a pond. Oh, a pond. Yeah. Oh, nice. Like close to an airport or like a train station or. Okay. Very good. And anyway, enough about me and the house prices of the things that we're walking past. If you want to have a look at them, uh, how's uh, how's your week been? Has it been? Yeah, you've got, you've got another car, another <laughs> rental car, I believe. I do. So. <clears throat> The rental saga still still continues. Um, our car is still in the garage, and it's now getting um, looked at by Citroen France, which is just mad. I mean, it's been six weeks since we've had our car. And if this is the first episode you're listening to, Quick Fit basically um, yeah, did some damage to it, and they don't know how to fix it. So going back and forward, we've been arguing with the rental, or what rental car we've got, and we finally got a new one, a Volvo XC60, which seems very nice. But the amount of money they're spending on it is just astronomical. So I'm glad they put their hand up and said they broke a car, because if they hadn't, then that would have been yeah, a different story. So yeah, how's my week been? It's been a bit of a, I don't know, full of, full of highs and lows. Just get the whole kind of stress with the car is a bit annoying, because I'm off next week and we haven't been able to go anywhere to family together. We could have driven down here, but we didn't have the car. There's like yeah, loads of stuff. And, um, and Ben's finger, update on that. Ben got his finger chopped off and he had his hospital appointment on Tuesday. I think they're happy with the repair, but they've still got like a big cast on for the next week. Um, so yeah, just life stuff. And now I'm um, down here, which is quite nice. It's like a bit of a distraction from the reality back home. Um, nice to be down with my daughter. We're away to go to Rygate for the day after this podcast. Birthday was awesome yesterday, seeing people in it like... I've been to a few of Gordon's parties, barbecues, that kind of thing, wedding, obviously. Um, it's nice just to see people that I haven't seen in a few years' time. So, yeah, feeling good now. That's it. That's your week. That's my week. Oh, well, it sounds a bit admin-y. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, there's a few, for a few weeks now, I haven't been sleeping that great. Um, I don't know what the, what's been on my, on my mind. This recession news is quite, I don't know if it's, if it's scary or if it's, should I be worried yeah, I think, well, recession news, I don't, I don't know, like, there's nothing about it we can necessarily control, really. Like, we can control, obviously, stuff like how how we're sort of approaching work and how we're behaving and that kind of thing. And then the savings aspect, like having some money in the bank somewhere, that could be obviously helpful just to, to weather some yeah. storms. But I don't know, I mean, the, I don't know, I, I tend to try and not really think too much about it because... You can't really control it, can you? What are you going to do? Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me, Putin, can you just piss off? <laughs> stop, stop, stop attacking Ukraine. Stop fucking with our gas. <laughs> God's sake, man. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's stuff like that. And I guess it makes me think about it, but I don't know. It, it's just one of those crappy things in the world that, that happens and you just got to make sure you're, you're prepared for it. Um, just like cancer. Yeah, you, know, you can't really do much about that, but you can if you go to the gym and you don't eat loads of processed food and you maintain your body weight. And, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you do all the things to make sure it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, it happens. Like, what can you do? Yeah. So, all right. But we did have a cool thing actually. 
yesterday. Yesterday there's a uh park run thing that's oh, yeah. near near me. And it's run by well, it's sponsored by Vitale, but it's free. You rock up five K. Um it's wet very well organized. Lots of like uh, volunteers and things watching out for you, making sure you're all right. And it's yeah, it's, it's really good really fun. It's, just, it's funny when you walk around like a closed neighborhood. People are just staring at you when you're like walking with a GoPro and the uh, microphone. It's like, what, what are those people doing? And anyway, sorry, I got distracted by the man in the car. So yeah, we did the we did the park run, which was good fun. I think we talked about doing some sort of like five k run at some point. Yeah, it um, came sooner than I thought. What came sooner than thought? Well, we're running together. Oh, it came sooner than you thought. Wait, well, you think I was just going to delay it until I was good <laughs> enough to beat you? <laughs> yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. Do you want to talk about the, the positions and the score and the times? I have absolute qualms. Like, you're, fat, you're fitter than me, Neil. Like, it's, it would be like you turning up to the gym and thinking you're going to lift more than me. <laughs> Even in my True. current state, I'd True. still beat you. True. True. So, yeah, Neil did a sub 20 minutes. Yeah, 19 minutes, 20 seconds. Nice. I, I've, I've been suffering a bit of a cold, like a, a funny head cold thing. So I wasn't sure how my performance was going to go, but got a, just over 25 minutes, which felt felt okay. Like if I could do 25 minutes for the next, I don't know, decade, at least decade, maybe 20, 25 years, I'd be happy with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. Excellent. Okay, so that's what we did. Really enjoyed it. It was fun. Anyway, in today's podcast, we are talking about... Um, hold this for me, please. Thank you very much, Neil. I appreciate it. You don't need to breathe into the microphone either. Thanks. I can, I can just hear... Because you think Neil was really fit, but all I could hear are my headphones in my ears going... <laughs> anyway, um, in today's podcast, we're talking about uh, first year as a dad and some thoughts and reflections. That'd be quite good. I mean, Neil's deep into this. Yeah, I kind of forgot. I forgot what the first year was like. As, if you've listened to the other episodes of the podcast, Neil's definitely like blanked out most of his life <laughs> for the past seven years. So um, we'll see see what he thinks, or maybe if he has some random questions um, for me about the first year as a dad. But no, I became a dad almost a year to the day, hence why we had our good old one year uh, party. But equally, I think it also starts like just before you have a kid. Like, I know it's a very abrupt thing that happens, right? The, the kid just, like, comes into your life and you've got to deal with it. But at the same time, you've got nine months of kind of, like, mental preparation, don't you? A little yeah, bit. yeah. Because your wife just starts getting rounder and larger and more complains a bit more, <laughs> understandably, because, you know, it's hot outside and you've, got, you've, you've just gained about 20 kilos worth of body weight. So, um... Basically, yeah, it, it, I think that started off for me. It was that preparation aspect of becoming a dad, where... You just it just starts to become real. You're like, oh, I am pregnant because you, you go to the twelve week scan, right? And then the whole dad thing. You're like, oh yeah, there is there is a baby in there. This is a bit sketchy, Gordon. Okay, well, but you, the, we, the, you can easily walk skinkle file if you want. For those that are on watching on YouTube, we're walking down a ridiculously narrow road. Oh, it's with fine. cars going past us. Yeah. Oh. oh, there's alarms going off. Oh my word! He's looking at us. Oh, was it? Oh, excellent. <laughs> Maybe they got some questions. Um. So yeah, the first year as a dad, the um, that was kind of interesting. The twelve month, the twelve twelve week scan, then you get the twenty week scan, and then you inevitably get like the three D scan. <laughs> you do all that kind of stuff. So I guess I was kind of prepared a little bit for it. But the first instance, I think we've gone into these first podcasty podcasty discussions about um, becoming a dad and how abrupt it is and things. But I'm trying to think of some highlights overall of the first year as a dad. Did, could you can you think of any of your first the first thing that you did? Uh, first highlight for me, um, probably like probably just day one. Like, really? 
see, seeing them. Oh wow! Um, coming out for the first time and like, yeah, four, four, four limbs, two arms, two legs, five toes, five, ten toes, ten fingers. Yeah, all that kind of thing. Like, I don't know. As, as, as a as a new dad, I was worried. Like, am I gonna? I mean, the biggest worry for me, well, not biggest, but one of the worries is, um, are they going to be disabled or like? Are they going to be okay when they come out and all that kind of stuff? Because I don't know, having a child is is a massive upheaval, but having a child that's got some kind of disability or yeah, that's just next level. So I kind of worried about that a bit. Yeah, that was something I thought about a bit. You know, as as obviously uh, Olivia was developing, um, there are kind of worries. But then again, it's that thing that I just talked about earlier. I guess where you're like, what part of this can I control? You know. Basically none of it. Like if, if unfortunately Olivia is born with, with some sort of disability, then it's just something you've got to just get on with. Yeah, yeah. And it, sure, it will make things more challenging. It'll make things a bit more difficult. But at the same time, you know, it's like, it's your daughter. It's your beautiful daughter. So, <laughs> this is yeah. so mad. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty rogue little uh, walk down. <laughs> he looks about 12 years old driving that massive car. Did he? Up. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, first I guess first highlight for me was I guess just the, the very abrupt sort of first two weeks of having a baby. You're just like, oh wow. Okay, now now we've actually got this kid and this responsibility and all of the things that you want to do now are just second second to this this child. Yeah. You know, where Neil Neil thinks we're gonna die walking down the street. There's no pavements, Gordon. Where's the pavements? We're in the sorry. Okay, we're enjoying the sun and then some man trying to saw down a tree or whatever over there, so but yeah, the fir- one of the first highlights was that idea of um, just that, that, that mental shift, really. Like, you have to move away from, oh, I can just get up and go for a coffee if I want to. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now you're like, no, 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 you can't do that. And you've got to carry her, like, everywhere. Or you've got to make sure she's locked down. Because as soon as they start rolling or start moving, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Because you, you, you didn't realise that things were dangerous until you've had a child. <laughs> <laughs> you know the edge of the sofa they'll know that they can't roll off the edge of the sofa no they can't do that Neil can they yeah they know that they can you know it's a step how easy is it to step down and not fall over <laughs> well when do you have a kid that's that happens um what other kind of things have you thought about or were were stuff when you first became a dad or your first year as a dad um I mean, I was in other podcasts touched on this, but I was really lucky to have most of the time at home. So I never had to juggle like a job. I was on the bench and you can find out whatever episode that was being made redundant. Um, but yeah, so like I felt like I was a very lucky dad because Rebecca was on maternity leave. I had time off from work, still getting paid. Not, not much stress. Yeah, like I mean, as a whole, that was a highlight. As a whole, we, um, oh, Gordon's sort of audio. Yeah, as a whole, we had some really nice family time, close time, um, in the first year. That that's an that's an interesting thing that I experienced was the shift from, um, you know, uh, like being like working and having a child. Yeah, that's that's tough. And it's kind of it's weird in the sense that you you don't want to leave because your wife is obviously like doing her thing and and struggling to some extent. So it's just a bit like, well, you know, how much time do I sort of prioritize work how much do i actually put into it do i stop do i like take more time off do i not and i had that huge dilemma of like self-employed life at the time where you're like do do i do i take two weeks off (laughs) yeah well if i take two weeks off i don't get paid 
Yeah, yeah, it's hard. If I don't get paid, then I can't can't feed anybody. But then, then it's, that's a bit stupid because I just talked about earlier when you was talking about a recession. Like, why why wouldn't you have some money in the bank? Like, yeah, <laughs> ready there where you can just tap. You knew you were having a kid. Yeah, you can tap on it anytime you want. You can speak to your clients. You can plan ahead of it. But there's still that little thing in the back of your head when you're self-employed. You're like, oh my god, like what do I do? Do I take the time off? Do I not take the time off? Am I going to regret it? Do I? Will I? Well, maybe I won't regret it. Maybe I'll be. It'll be fine. So I experienced that, and that was kind of really difficult. Because I'm like, do I go to work? Should I go to work? But then you you were fine because like you just had the redundancy thing to have to deal with. Yeah, I mean that was towards the end of the nine months. But um, when when we had the twins, the first year of that, that was chaos. I I, I took two weeks off. I had to use from my holidays because yeah, the paternity thing at the company I was working for was shocking. It was statutory, which is like 130 quid a week. So I took some holidays for two weeks, and that's just not enough with twins, or not enough for any baby, but twins especially. And like I had to go back to work. And just like kind of man up and using using that derogatory term, but <laughs> pretty derogatory these days. Yeah, yeah, but just like I don't know, I just felt like I had to perform at work, so I didn't get made redundant or get fired or that kind of thing. But I also had to perform at home. So yeah, the first year when the boys came and I was juggling work, which is a pretty stressful job, traveling to Glasgow and stuff. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, that's that's absolutely savage, and you're just you really are just trying to like toss up those two ideas of I've got to go to work and provide because there's just no fundamental support for a working dad really to be perfectly honest you know two weeks redundancy but the, the, two weeks paternity leave but the mad thing was you had two kids but you only got two weeks <laughs> yeah like, I know, why, I know. Why, why don't you get four weeks for that and like they, they were in hospital for a week of that so also oh, so the paternity leave starts from when they're born yeah yeah not when they come out of hospital no no hold on a minute how does that work? <laughs> yeah, it's mad. I mean, depending on your employer, I think you could probably get it extended or something. But yeah, I mean, our boys were in hospital for seven days after they were born. They were really premature. And yeah, I only had seven days at home with them before I had to go back to work. Wow. And that was pre-COVID, so there was no kind of home working or anything like that. That's that's insane. That's that's bonkers. <laughs> that, that's so wrong. I know. I know. That is so wrong. Well, yeah, so so that kind of thing, like that tussle between now moving from someone who just kind of basically buys what he wants when he wants, does what he wants when he wants, to then suddenly now, actually, my money, the thing I earn, the thing I do, means something. Yeah. They mean something more than just, oh, I'm going to go on holiday, or I'm going to save up to buy a house, or a nice cat, oh, shit, me. <laughs> this man just <laughs> came past me in a bicycle. Um, so, yeah, that that was definitely a thing, and that, that sort of mental shift you know, where you move away from being the priority. Um, how how do you feel the first year was, you know, going from full attention from your wife, like you are the, the number one, to suddenly now you're... Pretty, pretty much zero. Pretty much, yeah. You're <laughs> like, yeah, if you've got a wife that breastfeeds, then there's not much. Yeah, it's hard. It's very hard. And you feel like a bit of a lost a lost cause because, yeah, if they, did, if they do choose breastfeeding, which is a fantastic thing to do, um, then, yeah, it's kind of on you to just do what you can round about them feeding and if you've got a relatively clingy baby which I love her to bits but she um, she was very clingy and very kind of yeah attached to Rebecca so yeah like you just feel a bit lost and you kind of forget the date nights for a wee while and I think that's okay like I don't, know, don't leave it too long but if you're in the first year and there's dad maybe dad's listening to this yeah just just run with it and just keep going yeah, it's kind of selfishly. It's kind of hard, though, isn't it? Because you, you know, you fell in love with your wife, 
Yeah. You know, the, the kid the kid is an enhancer. It's not <laughs> it's not the thing that you were felt in love with before, was it? Um so I kind of feel I feel like yeah, the first year was kind of interesting from a relationship perspective, or it has been. Because I think we're still trying to work it out. We're trying to work out, well, how do we balance, you know, caring for a daughter? How do we balance not being too needy with, say, the grandparents and saying, you know, could you just look after a kid all the time? So that we can go out and party and enjoy each other's time. Yeah, but I guess it's a good point. So when they're first born, like they're the first three to six months, it's quite hard to get a babysitter because they're pretty fragile. They rely on um, uh, the breast or breast milk. Sometimes they can't take a bottle. So yeah, I mean, get, trying to get a babysitter for the first three to six months can be quite challenging. Yeah, and the trust factor as well. Like you're, you know, you're trying to work out. Well, I I know I'm responsible for my child. But not everyone's going to be responsible like I am, necessarily. Yeah. Or understand, even, like some of the little nuances that your child has. But I also think that's a little bit of a fallacy. Like, kids are pretty robust. You know, I could look after Isla. She might, I might not fulfill all of her needs all of the time, but she's not, she's not going to get hurt. Like, she's, she, 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 yeah, she's yeah. going to be perfectly fine. Um, so then it's basically stuff like that where it's, it's trying to understand, like, where you both fit in the relationship. Like, how do you maintain it? You know, you've got, um, like, uh, my body hasn't changed at all <laughs> during during the pregnancy whatsoever. A few pounds. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I've gained a few kilos, yeah. Um, but but Laura's has. You know, Laura's, Laura's body's changed a huge amount. And, you know, there's there's something that comes along with that, right? It's where, how does she readjust to it? How does she feel about it? So then, you know, from an affection perspective, it can be different. Um so yeah, I find I find the first year sort of us still trying to work out sort of relationship aspects of things, and then you're also trying to work out like as a team how do, how are you raising this thing? Yeah, your values and your yeah the rules of the house. And... Yeah, yeah. Even then, like what, like how, you know, how you balance the idea of being affectionate, obviously, like looking after the child, but then sometimes are you try are you trying not to ingrain certain issues? You know, where there's certain dependencies that can potentially creep up, which you don't want to get into. So, yeah. if, if, and you, you don't really talk about that beforehand, do you? Yeah, no, like, I think the biggest thing is talking, communicating. Like, if you've got certain things that you want to do and believe in really strongly, then I don't know, instead of enforcing them, just chat about it. I know it's hard to. But then, but then I find that, that what I'm saying is, I guess, is that you'd find it difficult to actually, um, to actually talk about those things because you don't know what they are. Yeah, true. It's not. It's true. not like. It's not like. Hey, you know, um, we've only been dating for a year and a half, and we might have a kid sometime. Right? <laughs> but what are your thoughts on dummies? Yeah, yeah. You know, because that—that's a contentious issue. Like, do you give your dummy for a whole the whole time, whenever they want it, how they want it, whatever doesn't matter, or do you only give it to them for six months? You know, but then if they're not sleeping very well, a dummy's pretty helpful. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and, th- and even things like. Okay, we're crossing. I love I love how you're giving like a like, yeah. like a commentary of how we're going how we're going about this walk. I just don't want to get killed on a podcast. <laughs> well, we've got the footage of it, so it'll be great. Imagine the views. Yeah. Man dies. You're recording a podcast. <laughs> recording a podcast in Surrey. Um I've lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, like yeah. And like you want to be aware that your wife or your partner was brought up differently to you. And yeah. They've all got different things they, they believe in or they've read certain articles and the online that they believe in. And yeah, I mean, I kind of, uh, my, and whether this is right or wrong, the approach I took is like, try if the mum, if the mum's feeling really strongly about it and she's got a compelling case, but 
Again, if it makes her life easier, then I'll support it. Like, I'll go with it. Um, unless I feel really strongly about it. Oh. Yeah, we're, ca- we're causing traffic jams now with our uh, GoPro. We're we trying to go through that bit there. There? No, I'm going through the bloody bush. You mad? Are you mad? Look no, <laughs> it's absolutely fine, Neil. Don't know what you worry about. Um, so yeah, like I just kind of <coughs> supported Rebecca in as much as I could, and if she had an idea, like co-sleeping, for example, she did lots of research on it. It's a big thing in in a lot of the kind of Norwegian countries. And yeah, I just, like I might not have a hundred percent agreed with it, but it's going to make her life a hell of a lot easier than, especially with twins. It's, there's also shit, shit you just can't argue with. Yeah, like yeah. you're the dad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you know, the 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 amount that you're required is it, you're required from a physical, perhaps, and sometimes an emotional perspective. But realistically, if you weren't there, they'd be fine. <laughs> perhaps, it's, but it's true they would be. Yeah. What's, what's wrong? There's, no, there's a car, there's car coming behind me. Oh, Neil, Neil can see the cars coming. I have taken him down a very treacherous road, and there's nettles on your right hand side. <laughs> so just be aware of <laughs> your shorts. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I definitely agree. Like the the whole kind of balancing some sort of understanding of who who you are as parents, what you're trying to offer people. Um, <laughs> do you find it really funny, like people driving past looking at us? Yeah, slowing down. Yeah, they slow down. We should we should have got some T-shirts and a banner just saying we're recording a podcast. Can you please stop staring? Is it bad that the preview's going off the camera? Uh, no, it's still recording. You're absolutely fine. Okay, hopefully. Oh no, it has gone off. Hold on, stop. No, it's still recording. Oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, well. All right, we carry on, Neil. We, we, yeah. We carry on. So, yeah, so the relationship thing, that was definitely something that changed. Um, there was, I guess, something else. Pe- I think people talk to you differently when you're a dad. Yeah. You know, I, I feel, especially in, like, a career sense and a business sense, you almost get more, more respect. You get a bit more elbow room. Yeah. You know, it's like if someone says, hey, can you be here at this time? And obviously I'll try and be there at that time. Neil, you'll be fine. There's nothing wrong with these cars. They'll slow down. <laughs> um, like if they say, oh, can you be here at this time? And if you if you messaged them and said, oh, my uh, kids, my kids decided to chop off his finger in a doorway. You, you're going to get a bit, of, a bit of leeway, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, your, your employer's not going to be like, you need to turn up at work today. <laughs> you, you need to come in. Whereas, you know, if you turn around and went, oh, I've got a bit of a cold, you know, I'm feeling a bit tired, then you don't get that leeway. And your boss also has kids as well, didn't he? Yeah. He was very yeah. lenient in terms of you being like, hey, can I work from home today? Yeah. And I think that that is, that does help having a boss that's gone through the same thing. Because if you've got a boss that's maybe single, no kids, middle-aged, they're just, they've got no clue. Like, they've got no idea how... Um, how a kid disrupts your life and what support you need outside of work and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's totally unobvious, isn't it? Yeah, you don't, you don't. If when you don't have a kid, you you kind of get it, but you don't. Yeah, yeah, you totally don't. So I found I found it. You know, when you talk to other people as well, and they'll, it's a very easy thing to bond with people over. <laughs> yeah, I find. it's yeah. like you're at a party, small chat. Yeah, you'd be at a party, they'd be like, oh, you know, where you're from, like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my wife, oh, you've got a wife, oh, that's lovely, yeah, you're married. Oh, we've got a little, little girl, oh, little girl, that's amazing, yeah, what they like, you know. It's such an easy conversation. Whereas, you know, when you're single and encumbered, they're like, 
So where are you from? Oh, you know, from Aberdeen. The weather's nice outside. Oh, yeah, weather's nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what did you get up to the weekend? Oh, well, you know, just on my own. Had a lion. I, on my own, yeah, a lion. <laughs> I'm having a, I'm living my best life, but I don't know it. I'm living my best life, but I don't know it. Yeah. Um, yeah, was there anything else in your first year you can think of? Um, the whole kind of, you know, now you've got like a, 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 a couple month old baby to look after. When do you pull the trigger and take them to hospital if they're ill? Oh God, that's like <laughs> yeah, because you, you you're know, not trained. You know when you're you're broken. Yeah, yeah, you but know. yeah, they, you might have a baby that's got really high temperature or is a bit fatigued and not eating properly and hasn't eaten in a few days and or drank anything in a few days and yeah, it's like the whole kind of worrying thing starts and that's definitely that's definitely something you didn't think about in your first like before having a kid. I like how you just scratched your ear and moved the <laughs> camera. Um, I don't know how successful this uh, walk-in podcast is being, but who cares? We're only doing this for us. Um, what was I saying? Something, so I was saying something about... Uh, Hospital visits oh, and yeah, your like, first child. I, I generally take the idea, because we phoned up NHS 24 before, right? So you phone them up, and you're like, look, there's this thing going on. What do we do? And they list, list off a whole bunch of questions, right? A whole bunch of questions. And at the end of it, if you've answered like, basically no to all of them, they just go, does she seem okay in herself? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. So now, basically, I think over that year, I've gone from, shit, yeah, we need to phone NHS 24, like, figure this out, what's going on, to, does she seem okay? <laughs> yeah. She's not, like, staggering around or sleeping really long or, you know, passed out or blood coming out anywhere or, you yeah. know, you're just like, yeah, she should be all right. Because we did have that accident in, in America where, you know, I think I've talked about it before, but basically, David was playing with her. She, he slipped, tripped. He was hiding on her front, and then she went forward. He went forward, and it was just—it was all a bit. It was—it was not great, but you know, it was what it was. But he, um, anyway, we were all like, like in the car, like, do we take her to hospital? Do we not take her to hospital? You know, is she concussed? Is she not concussed? Like, what do we do? Do we think? Do I, what's what's the plan? And I just kind of took the thing like, she seems fine. Yeah, like she slept fine. You know, it's just a bump in her head. So, have you? You've had some pretty horrific accidents over the past. <laughs> yeah, time. maybe not in the first year. Like the first year it was relatively, it was hospital free actually until Isla turned one and she decided to spend her first birthday in the hospital. Yeah, but, that um, wasn't great. I guess like when you have your second or third child, so now you kind of you rely less and less on NHS because you realise what babies can withstand and you realise what they can go through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first year for the boys as well. I mean, we got. I felt like we got a hell of a lot of checks, more checks than normal because it's obviously two and they're premature. So they're getting checked I don't know, weekly or every two weeks at least. So that kind of, you're kind of rest assured there. And um, but yeah, I don't remember phoning in a chest for much. No, this is a private road, Neil, so you'd be, you'd be safe. Ah, okay, good. It's like a dead end at the end, so you won't, <laughs> you won't feel like you're dying. Good. But no, that was, that was definitely something, the whole NHS 24 aspect of things. And we're lucky, like, we're lucky that we've got healthcare that we can rely on that if a child is feeling maybe not so well we get advice it is and you take it for advantage really don't you like you, you certainly certainly you take it for granted not advantage you take it for granted that this is all free right we can just phone up someone and say hey my yeah. kid my kid's not well regardless of you know whether they feel like they're in they're perfectly fine or not so that is that is pretty amazing yeah and like an example i always go back to a recent example is Ben had his finger hanging off, and within 24 hours, it was back on. He had a, a, an operation with two surgeons, 
to stitch up again. And that's just mad. Like yeah. less than twenty four hours. Done. No, do not have to put, a, put your hand in your pocket. No, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I have found over the, for the past year the the whole cost thing adjustment that you have to go through. Because before you're kind of like, hey, I'll just you know I'll go out for a nice fancy meal and do whatever yeah. I like. Yeah. But that was before I was spending ninety pounds a month on nappies. <laughs> yeah. That is like ninety pounds a month on something your kid shits in. And you throw away the note. Like, and you throw it away, and it. And I feel bad as well because I'm throwing it away onto a landfill site because it's not like they're recycling baby shit nappies, are they? Yeah. And yeah. I am not. I, did you ever go down the route of the? We uh, did. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, there's some countries in Europe that ban that disposable nappies are I'm banned. Not, I'm not living there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I we had Isla in for I don't know up to three, three, four years. Just keep it still. Okay. Three years. She's a disposable. Uh, sorry, renewable nap- reusable nappies. God, and um, but even like even a renewable nappies kit for for a kid, you're talking hundreds of pounds of investment. Really? Yeah. Um, but like you also you're saving the planet. There's also like that the health element. So there's lots of minging gels and bleaches in these nappies that I wasn't exposed to. I am not interested in scooping my kid's poo <laughs> out of the nappy and putting it somewhere. Else. I know. Like I don't know. There's more to it. Where did you put it? So you get you get like liners, like t- yeah. tissue paper, right? And the poo goes in there, Whoa. and you put the poo down the toilet. So, so you're throwing something away. Tissue oh, paper, it's tissue paper. Yeah. All right, okay. Um, well, so yeah, like it worked out well, but with the boys, we didn't even entertain it. The boy, the boys weren't up for it. We weren't up for it. Like oh, right. twice the amount of nappies to wash. Yeah, sort that. And look yep. after. We we used disposables for them. So yeah, so there's that there's that cost adjustment, and then it's just it's just a never ending. Where you know every so often you have to update yourself. Where you've got to buy yourself a new car seat. Yeah, because you know, they get bigger. I or through that. Or new inserts. Or you decide to go and travel somewhere, and you decide to go and I don't know. You've got to go to get yourself another travel pram. So yeah, we've got, we've got two prams, Neil. Like how and the travel cot. Yeah, the, you get the next to me's and you get the bigger cots and then you get the toddler beds. Yeah, and then you got you're gonna obviously decorate a nursery, aren't you? Yeah. And you get nursery stuff that you don't use. Upgrade every year because upgrade every year, older. yeah. So that that kind of a cost adjustment is kind of interesting. But then at the same time it's been it's been pretty helpful having obviously grandparents and things because they help with various various cost paraphernalias. Yeah. And like when we when we had the twins, like we were and it, we still we still are actually like friends of ours who keep clothes for us. They just give us bags of clothes every so often, and that's amazing. Like trying to clothe two boys, like getting new shoes for them is like sixty seventy quid a time. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, but when you've got hand me downs from friends, it's just priceless, really. Because they don't care. Like they're not in the status game thing. Like <laughs> yeah. they, maybe the Spider Man thing for, for, falls into it, but they're not like, can I, Daddy? How can I have the latest Balenciaga trainers? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's pretty helpful. Um. Yeah, the cost thing, one thing that I did try and plan for, that certainly in the first year, was setting up some sort of savings account for, for Olivia. So that savings account is basically a junior ISA, it's tax-free, we put in 25 quid a month, and I calculated by the time she's 18, it should amass to about 15 grand or something. Oh, Neil's managed to unplug himself. Oh, put yourself back in there, Neil. Gently does it, I'll keep entertaining the... Uh, the crowd. Are we back in? Yeah. Oh, we're back in. Can you hey, still hear me through it? I can still hear you, yeah. yeah. I think I could. I don't have no idea. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's, let's hope it's worked. I mean, if it hasn't worked, just, who cares? Um, so, so yeah, the, the savings thing I was quite hard on because I'm like, 25 quid a month for is, isn't too much for us, but it means that we fundamentally get... No, we're going this way now because we'll go back home. 
Uh-uh. I've got another first birthday party to go to today. Lovely. Henry's. So, yeah, we've got to do that. But, yeah, the, the the savings thing was kind of a big thing for me in the first year. And I feel like the sooner you start, the earlier you start, the better it is for the uh, for, for the little one. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, we did that with Isla. We've done that with the boys. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's been pretty good. Solid preparation. Did, would, you, would you say your first year as a dad, you enjoyed it? And you don't have to say yes, by the way. Because like, I find this quite an interesting question where a lot of people say to me, because I'm a new dad, they're like, would you recommend it? Yeah. And I'm a bit like, I can't say yes or no to that question. I think if you asked me during it, the answer probably would have been no. Oh, wow. But now, now I look back, I mean, it's, it's four years ago since I had that first year, seven years ago with Isla. And, um, and yeah, like I'd say in, in a whole, I enjoyed it and I look back fondly of it. But during it, oh, there was just the sleep de- deprivation and the... Because yeah. it gets better, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that, that's the absolutely. funny thing. The first three months are the worst. Yeah. First three months are the worst. The biggest adjustment. The next three months get a bit better, but there's still quite a bit of an adjustment. You know, your wife's probably still breastfeeding if she's cho- chosen to. But then once that sort of six-month period gets on, they start rolling around a bit. They maybe start thinking about crawling. They start becoming a human being. They're less dependent on mum. So you get to be, as a dad, you get much more freedom to sort of play with them and say hello. And, yeah. you know, you get to give them a bottle and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely feel like it get, it does get better. So even if you even if you wouldn't recommend it in the first three months, the six-month mark's better. So you can definitely recommend it over the three months. <laughs> Funny, because, like, now, now I've got three kids. They're four and seven. I, I, I get asked often with, with new parents. And I, I can't remember who did. Somebody asked me yesterday, does it get easier? My answer to that is always, I don't think it gets easier, you just get different problems to deal with. (laughs) I I wouldn't necessarily say she's easier than a one-year-old, because she still wants a lot of attention, she kind of gets shy sometimes, or she has her kind of mood swings and stuff like that. That's quite quite hard to deal with. Um, You can't just be like, I don't know, a one-year-old, you can just put down for a couple hours for a nap. There's there's more negotiation now. It's like, hey, what do you want for breakfast? And she'll be like, I want crumpets with Nutella. And you'll be like, there's no Nutella, but I want Nutella. Yeah, and you're like, well, I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, but I want it. And you're like, well, when you've got a one year old, you just you just go here. You go are you eating. There's no. no, there's no opinion. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, there's no opinion. There's no discussion. He's having a wee nap in there, isn't he? <laughs> but yeah, no, I th- I think that's fair. And I I've often wondered, you know, how do I say that when people ask me, do would you recommend being a dad? I'm kind of like, I would, I would, but then it's it's under my circumstances. Yeah, you know, I feel yeah. I feel financially I'm okay. Like I can afford to have a kid, all those kind of things. I feel my relationship is solid in terms of our understanding of each other's values and what we what we think we should do to raise a kid. He's not going twenty miles an hour, is he? He's going forty-one. Maybe I doubt it. No way. Yeah. If you didn't see that, there's just a good old cyclist just decided to ping it past here, and it's a twenty mile an hour road. But he's definitely doing more than twenty. Anyway, um, he's doing forty-two miles an hour. This is on camera, mate. I see a number plate And then this person's doing 42, 41 miles an hour On number plate Anyway, sorry, I've gone off piste here I'm being a a good A neighbour citizen, is that what they call them? (laughs) Neighbourhood watch Um, So yeah, I've just always wondered you know, If if you recommended actually becoming a dad Certainly after the first year Yeah, as you mentioned, I think you need to have a solid Foundation And I think if you're from like a, a broken relationship Or Things aren't going very well financially, then I probably wouldn't recommend it. It's hard, right? Yeah, it's really hard. Um, but if you've got a solid foundation, you've been married a couple of years or with your partner for a couple of years, you might have your house or your sa- you've got a decent amount of savings in the bank. Then yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think so because it's so rewarding, right? 
Because even after that, even the year that I've had with Olivia, it's just unbelievable to think that she's 50% me. Yeah. And... The inter- like this morning, me and uh, Olivia and Laura are just we're just rolling around in bed together. Yeah, you know she's playing, she's giggling, she's laughing. I'm laughing. We're playing. She's climbing on Laura. Like that's 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 like priceless moments. <laughs> oh, that's that's that's. Uh, I can't. It's hard to describe how like, how good it is. Life life would be so boring. Like I, I can't imagine in my thirties. I, do, I don't know what the <laughs> I mean, I'd have a shit ton more cash. I know, way yeah, more sleep, more time. <laughs> I don't, know, I, I don't know. Looking back, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I enjoy giving my time to my kids, but but I think I I still I I don't think I would have been unhappy not having had children. But I do align myself with what you're saying in terms of I I I don't know what else would have filled me after all of the the nice house, the nice car, the nice holidays, you know, the things yeah. because. You can't pay you can't pay for your kid to roll around with you in bed <laughs> yeah, to I laugh know. and giggle, you know. Uh, Without without any conditions, you know, unconditionally just loving and having and playing and laughing, you can't pay for that. And there's a certain point when you're, if you haven't had children, I can't pay for those memories and those things. Yeah, you just can't. No matter, no no five star hotel would fulfil that. No, I agree. I agree. Oh, oh, I think we've had a nice little little ending to the podcast. We're coming to the end of our walk. Hopefully, I'm not late and Laura's not going to shout at me for this next first birthday <laughs> party because I've tried to keep it on time. But either way, I hope this uh, this walking podcast will definitely publish it, I don't care. Episode uh, number 35 of the Developing Dads podcast. If you have any reflections over the first year of being a dad, uh, we'd love to hear them. You can follow us on our Instagram page, Developing Dads. And we've got this on YouTube. We've got it in our 360 cam, so you get to see the whole the whole shebang, the whole show. Yeah, big houses. Um, big houses, million pound houses, and our, our lovely chat. But either way, any uh, any wonderful knowledge you can pass on to the anything you've like to tell the audience, Neil? The no. Two and a half are listening. Done. Oh, we're done. Okay, right. <laughs> I'm prepared. All right. Thanks very much, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll see you uh, next Cheers. week. Cheers. Goodbye. Or maybe not see you. We'll hear you next week. Yeah. Or you'll hear us next week. Yeah. <laughs> we won't hear you because we don't, we don't know who listens to this. Indeed. Do I keep going? We're home now. Oh, we're home now. Okay. Okay. Bye bye.